are listening to the Quarter to Three Games podcast for around about the Ides of October. Beware them. My name is Tom Chicken. My game of the week for the middle of October is not Heavy Rain. <laughs> I'm Jason McMaster, and my game of the week for the middle of October is not his new game. I haven't played it, but it's still not my game of the week. The, what, do you uh, think, first of all, who's he? Two worlds. and uh, Not the even guy. close, McMaster. You got one word out of the three words in the title right. See if you can get us a, a second Two word. Two souls. The... Okay, good. Now there's one more word in the title. What is it? Who cares? No, that's two <laughs> words. Um, no, uh... <laughs> I feel like I've stumped you this early in the podcast. Normally yeah, it I... takes me at least seven or eight minutes into the podcast to stump you. Yeah, no, I mean, and I liked Heavy Rain, as you uh-huh. remember, but, um, yeah. Right, for, for, uh, for a consolation prize, McMaster, I will give you a case of turtle wax if you can tell me the name of the guy who made Two Souls, and the other word you can't think of, and Heavy Rain. What is his name? Oh, there's no way I'm getting that turtle wax. I'm drawing complete blank without Come on, okay. something into Google. No, quit Googling, quit Googling. That's cheating. I'm going gonna, gonna to give you hints. Um, okay. His first name is a man who fought Goliath. Uh, it's like David. Okay, wait. His second name. I'll give you, here's a, here's a, it's a it's a thing that you put a hungry tiger in. Okay. Yeah, David Cage. Right. <laughs> I think now you've got me questioning. That's right. Yeah, David Cage. Yeah, and like I said, I liked Heavy Rain. I mean, it's not it, well. I liked Heavy Rain's story. I guess. I don't. It's hard to say that you like Heavy Rain as a game, since there's not really a game there. It's more of a quick time event. You know what, McMaster? Maybe you should hold that thought until we get to our discussion of games of the week, at which point we might discover what the third word is in the title. (laughs) Think of. All right. right. (laughs) So hold that thought. Uh, Let's let's talk before we progress to our games of the week. Uh, What level are you in Grand Theft Auto Online? Jeez, I don't even know right now. Um, Try three or four, right? Level three, four. Something like that, right, yeah. Come on, McMaster, really? Yeah, yeah, no, I I played it a little bit, and uh, then I've been playing Pathfinder, and it was my anniversary, so I was out of town, stuff like that. So we were... Fair point. Yeah, uh, I really want to, but I also, I've been mostly playing the single player, and I'm pretty close to the end, and I want to finish it, and... Let's have a mildly uh, spoiler-ish discussion. So if you're if you're listening and you haven't finished Grand Theft Auto V, if you're not close to the ending, uh, you might want to fast forward a little bit because uh, I want to talk to McMaster about where he is in the game now. Um, so I would like to now welcome onto this podcast the ghost of Tom Chick Future, who has oh. looked into the future to tell you when the spoiler discussion ends, and he's going to let you know in just a second where to fast-forward to to avoid Grand Theft Auto spoilers. So, uh, Tom Chick from the future, take it away. Hello, this is future Tom Chick telling you to avoid spoilers. Go to the 21-minute mark. Okay, so now, McMaster, we are now in spoiler territory. Uh, right. Tell me what's going on around about where you are now in Grand Theft Auto. All right, so I've been back to North Yankton, or whatever it is, with yep. Trevor. I've mm-hmm. uh, been kidnapped, been rescued... Um, and at this point, I want to say that I yeah the mission I'm setting up now is the breaking into the FOB headquarters. Mm-hmm. 
to steal the uh, data or erase the data or whatever. So I have a feeling I'm pretty close to the end because, well, there's not that many missions left. Okay. Uh, right, because you can always see on your your uh, status or, chart, yeah, your yeah. stats for Rock, Rockstar Online, their little social club thing, how many of yeah. the 69 missions you've finished, right? Right, and I'm in the mid to high 50s, and uh, not every mission's very long, so, yeah. So, uh, I, I don't feel it's a spoiler to tell you this, but uh, I, I was a little disappointed in the ending in that there was nothing super spectacular about it. It was kind of what you would expect. Um, and of course, they they certainly wrapped things up. But throughout the single player mission, I would constant throughout the single player story, I would constantly get to a mission and think, oh well, okay, I, I kind of know what this is going to be. And they would surprise me with some cool new twist or a new device or you know that that Blaine County bank robbery. Man, I loved that where you you come charging out with that big old heavy gear and those mini guns. Oh was, yeah, that was pretty great. Yeah, with yeah. the uh, yeah, and Franklin gets the uh, yeah the uh, bulldozer and all that. Yeah, exactly. Just so insanely over the top. Uh, and and some of the missions were like a plane crashes or Trevor's chasing a crashing Learjet on a motorcycle. Just I love. That mission. That's one yeah. of my personal favorites, where you're where you're chasing the plane. Yeah, that's awesome. It's it's just so kind of like almost balls out Saints Row over the top gleeful yeah. action movie uh, oriented. Uh, so the, the ending, they don't really do anything like that, which is fine with me. I'm okay with that. But I just want to prep you, McMaster, for not for expect uh, packages to be tied up neatly. But you know nothing. Nothing extravagant is going is to pop out at you. Uh, and part of that is because you know there's still a lot to do after you finish the storyline. So right. I've, I've, I've gotten through the storyline, and now I'm all about finding the spaceship parts and the fragments of the letter to solve that murder. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I spent like a lot of time the other day trying to get scuba deer and scuba deer, scuba gear <laughs> for that lake, like the uh, Mount Chiliad Lake. Uh, so I could go look and see if I could find the plane crash. Right, because they tell you when the plane crashes, hey, there's yeah. a bunch of cool stuff down there. Maybe you should check it out. And I was trying to figure out where to find it, but I, I haven't had any luck yet. Oh, well, do you want a little help, McMaster? Sure. I suggest that you invest in a business business uh, along the coast of, I think it's called, uh, Pet, not Petaluma Bay. Uh, what's the, Palermo Bay? Polyma? Something like that, yeah. Polima so Bay, maybe. There, there's a business roundabout up there in the, that area of the coast uh, that's a sonar salvage business. Maybe if you own ah. such a thing, it might uh, give you some new opportunities. Yeah, you know, I kept like going around the lake and everything and looking at the different piers and stuff uh, right. just to see if maybe there was a boat, but... Yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, I want to go around buying stuff. I, I only bought like one or two things so far, so I, I certainly need to do that. I haven't done much of the side stuff. I've been mostly doing missions and just driving around. Well, McMaster, let's get down to brass tacks. Uh, when are you and I going to play darts? Oh God, uh, you know I don't. I don't actually know. I, I would like to play online though. Do you know there's uh, also uh, arm wrestling, McMaster? I challenge you to an arm wrestle. Well, I mean, that, I can't say no. I mean, obviously, <laughs> I mean, I am a man. And I have no idea how it works. Uh, was there arm wrestling in Red Dead Redemption? 
I don't remember. I remember Mumbly Peg, which was awful. I remember... Oh, uh, the knives some, between the yeah. fingers, right. Yeah, that yeah, was awful. Yeah, that was terrible. And uh, there's a lot of terrible things in, in that game, but the game itself is so freaking good. It's easy. So I, I, on, I'm not at all being ironic when I say this, McMaster. You know, yeah. I'm not into sports. I don't understand the sports, but I do appreciate video game golf. And I think I really like, I don't know if it's just that I really like Grand Theft Auto V, so I'm okay playing golf while I'm playing Grand Theft Auto V. I hear you smirking at me, but I, I'm going to go on record as saying, McMaster, it's not funny. This is serious. I really like the golf in Grand Theft Auto V. I want you and me, McMaster. Uh. Come on. It's, it's, I think it's just nine holes, so it's only half of a golf course. I really want you and me to hook up in Grand Theft Auto V online and let's, I don't know how to say it. I might be screwing up the idiom, but McMaster lets you and me shoot the front nine at the country club. Hey, that's pretty close. I'm impressed. Uh, I think that, that okay. was good. That was uh, good, Tom. And, and you may not realize this from how I'm sort of feeling out the vocabulary of describing it, but I'm pretty good at video game golf, McMaster, so you need to be on your best game. Yeah, you're pretty you're probably pretty good at Grand Theft Auto Five golf. <laughs> That's right. Well, I... I <laughs> Yeah, I, I have played one practice round. So, McMaster, I am deadly earnest. Let's you and me do it uh, right. at some point this month, and we'll we'll let the listeners know that I won after the fight. Okay. All right. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, you probably will, too. I don't know what it was. I just uh, I had a hard time with it. I only played, like, a couple of holes, and I was like, good God. Well, do you not like online video game golf? Like, is that you like Hot Shots golf? Come on, you have that. No, game. I love. Yeah, I love yeah. video game golf. I love Tiger Woods and I love uh, Hot Shots as well. Yeah. Yeah. So come on, McMaster, get with the program. Let's you and me try it again. Let's do it as a multiplayer thing. Uh, we can we can do it as a fundraiser. We can raise money for some sick kids somewhere and do like a charity drive. You and me playing golf in Grand Theft Auto Five. That's an awesome idea. <laughs> yep. You should totally do that. Yeah. Okay, we'll do that. Uh, so let's see. Uh, one of the things that you might be worried about. Uh, well, let's get back to storyline stuff. Um, tell me a bit about wh- what you think of the three different characters. I found it interesting, McMaster, that when you were describing where you were in the storyline, you were talking about Michael in first person, but Trevor and Franklin in oh, third, yeah. third person. Now, is that me just trying to push some sort of psychoanalytical evaluation on you? What, what's behind that? Why do you talk about Michael in first person, but Trevor and Franklin in third person? Uh, I guess because I've played him so much lately. Um, but to be honest with you, and it's something that I find weird to admit, but I like Trevor a lot more than I thought I would. Mm -hmm. Uh, he's actually not, I mean, he's kind of a, a giant sore thumb-esque message, of course, but, Mm -hmm. uh, as a character, he's really not as bad as I pictured him. One of the things that I really admire that they do is for a character who's so over the top and so crass and vulgar, and he's kind of a repository for all the junky motivation that Rockstar yeah. was never able to put into their other characters convincingly, uh, yeah. they, they really surprise me with these moments of vulnerability that he yeah. has. Uh, and it, it's, it can be oddly touching um, in a way. Uh, yeah, it's like you know, even though all the all the horrible things have happened, you know, and he's a crazy person. He was always Michael's friend, you know. He was always on. It's such a weird character. 
Well, and, and just this idea, too, like some of the more subtle touches, this idea that he was writing letters to Brad in prison, you know, that, yeah. that meant so much to him. Uh, and yeah. and uh, I think you've got – yeah, so you know he, he sort of falls in love with the Mexican gangster's <laughs> wife. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's a text that he sends her. I think it might be later in the game. Uh, he he sort of writes her this love letter, and you can tell like he's he's a borderline illiterate fellow. Uh, and and just the the way that he writes the love letter and his spelling and his phrasing, there's something so endearing about that. Uh, like you know, here's the here's this monster, and here's this weirdly caring heart that he's trying to express when he writes the text to, uh, I think her name is Patricia. Uh, I, I love yeah, that. It's, it's Patricia, yeah. Um, I think that what that immediately makes me think of for some reason is that scene in 12 Monkeys where Bruce Willis writes the, le- uh, the letter to the doctor and uh, the other doctors are all making fun of it because he's, he's not good <laughs> at spelling and everything. You are so bootiful and stuff. <laughs> Very nice, McMaster. Uh, you're, you're in for a real treat. By the way, even though I wasn't crazy about the finale, it was fine. Uh, it's really cool what they do with Trevor once the game is over, uh, and you, you'll see what I what I mean when you get there. Yeah, I'm curious about that because I'm like, uh, it seems like this should come to a head. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. Uh, I am I am so spoiler averse. Now, now, keep in mind we're in a little spoiler discussion here. I'm not going to oh, spoil yes. anything at the ending, but we we can talk about where McMaster is and up to there, but. When, when I was posting articles on Grand Theft Auto online, I would do Google searches for images. So you just type in the name of you know Grand Theft Auto Five, and if you want a specific type of image, you might type like cityscape oh, or yeah. something. So at one point, I was looking for images of the different characters, and I typed in Grand Theft Auto, Grand Theft Auto Five, and then the character's name, and freaking Google autocomplete suggested after the character name the word dies. Oh wow. <laughs> Which, I just want to say, uh, I felt that something had been spoiled, something kind of hadn't been spoiled, uh, but I thought something had. But I was so angry at that point, I went through the rest of the game thinking, oh, well, this guy's going to die at some point, and it, things aren't quite that simple. So, uh, right. But I just want to say, I hate Google's autocomplete. That was so annoying that that happened to me. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. No, yeah, that happens to me sometimes, too, actually. It's weird how it, it will do that too. yeah google and, and twitter you know don't let people tweet you know oh, people's tweets oh i hate that uh, yeah i don't read them most of the time anyway all right so mcmaster uh let's see what else um have you been meticulously doing all the strangers and freaks things or are you letting some of those slide i've been letting some of them slide you know i it's like i've got the tow truck missions are almost completed i think and mm-hmm. uh I love Tanya. I love that about the tow truck missions. She's pretty funny, yeah. And uh, I like uh, I like the dude with the killer weed. Um, yep, yep. And, uh, Barry, is that Barry? Barry, yeah. Yep, yep. And uh, I, I've done a couple of the ones for the old couple that are dumpster divers. Yep. Uh, they're pretty awesome, too. Um, and maybe one or two assassinations, but there's like there's a ton of stuff I haven't done. An absolute ton. I haven't touched hardly any of the side stuff, so... Um, Kind of wanting to finish it just so I can, you know, sit down and make that my focus. Right. Well, you just so you know, you never finish Grand Theft Auto Five. You, you well, might right. get to the end of the storyline, but you don't finish. That's true. I hadn't thought of it that way. You know. <laughs> uh, all right. So let's pop out of our spoiler discussion. 
so here now we are we are done with uh, storyline spoilers and briefly talking about Grand Theft Auto Five Online. Uh, there have definitely been some hiccups with <laughs> the early weeks, and I've. I had incredibly frustrating times trying to hook up with some of my friends, some of the folks from the forum, or from our crew. We have a quarter to three crew, and you're welcome to join it. Just uh, search for quarter to three, spelled out under the crew name, and uh, we're open to anyone who wants to join us. Uh, But I think they've mostly gotten past those issues. Um, And the situation now is they're just needing to add and refine some of the the content. Um, Yeah, yeah, I... uh I really like what I saw of it. You know, I mean, it's just, God, it, it was real touch and go there at first, and I just haven't had time lately. Um, well, I yeah. am convinced that, that at this point, if you did want to do something like just hook up with your buddy, like McMaster for our charity golf tournament, uh, right. I, I think it's it will support that. You and I could pretty easily find each other and then just go play golf. Uh, if you just want to hook up with a buddy and rob stores and whatnot, that's fairly straightforward. Um I, I know some of the lobby issues might still be problematic as far as staying with a group and then moving through the different missions and uh, k- making that convenient. That that might be difficult. But as far as finding and, and joining your friends, I think a lot of that has been resolved at this point. Um, McMaster, do you have a nice car? Cause when we, when I do not have a nice car. Okay, then I'll be driving us to, to the golf if you don't mind. That's, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll arrive in my car. Uh, do, do you at least have some nice clothes? How, 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 how well are you dressed? Uh, I think I'm wearing some jeans. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have a nice pair of capri pants or something you could put on? No, no. I could maybe shoot somebody and take some. <laughs> uh, when one of the items for sale in the single-player game is the golf course, and it's the most expensive piece of property. It costs $150 million. Uh, and... I found out when you buy property, it tends to unlock missions or some new capability, or you get something from it. What you get when you spend the $150 million on the golf course, there is no possible way it's worth $150 million. Uh, I just want to caution you. If you were expecting the unlockable uh, doodad or gimmick for the golf course to be commensurate with the price you paid, prepare to be sorely disappointed. Did you get, like, free golf or something? <laughs> well, right now you get free golf. Uh, oh, so. But, but I think I think you might have to dress a certain way in order to get on the golf course. So if you can pony up $150 million, you might be able to play golf as a slob. Just, oh. just put that out there. <laughs> well, that is, that is worth it. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. If you're really concerned about looking hiply, ironically underdressed while you play golf, your $150 million will be well spent. Yeah. I will just say that I don't think anybody's going to try to throw Trevor out. If they do, it's going to be a problem. Uh, McMaster, have you done any missions with Chop? Do you ever try to bring him with you? Did it occur to you that you can take him for walks, but you can also drive around with him? You know, he has been there for a couple of missions, uh, but I think they were just designed that way. Um, I did not think about that. though. I did spend a lot of time on the stupid app. Oh, well, you know what? You know what you get for your effort? Yeah, a dumb collar. That as well. But if you now take – so when you take Chop for a walk, you might think, okay, I'm just going to take him for a walk. You can throw the ball, and then when you're done, he goes home. If you get in a car while you're taking Chop for a walk, he'll come with you. He'll fight and whatnot. Um, if you start a mission, a lot of times that will dismiss him, and he'll go home because he's not scripted to be in there. But 
if you have trained Chop on your iPad, like it sounds like you have, McMaster, yeah. he can find collectibles for you. So oh. when you're out hunting for spaceship parts or letter scraps or whatnot, uh, you know the locations of these are all on the online on the website Rockstar Social Club. You can go there and you can track which ones you found, and you can click on a button to show which ones you haven't found and roughly where they are. But if you take Chop with you, he'll run it and, and bark at them, and he'll he'll like help you find out exactly where they are. Oh, um, that's awesome! So there you go. Yeah, I all like right. Chop. Chop is pretty awesome. I wouldn't. I'm not normally a dog person, and certainly not a pit bull person. But as far as pit bulls go. I'm pretty fond of Chop. Yeah, he's yeah, nice. he seems okay. Yeah. It makes me think that Trevor should have a dog. Yeah, I don't know how good he'd be at taking care of it. That's a good point. It he maybe does have one that's dead somewhere in a trailer. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so McMaster, I have another question for you. What I... level? Yeah, what level is your Emma Frost in Marvel Heroes? Oh, geez, what was it? Uh, zero. Wait. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, ask me what level mine is. What level mine 22? is? 22? No. Oh. <laughs> so I'm back to playing some Marvel Heroes, leveling up Emma Frost. Uh, I actually read a comic book series with her in it the other day. So. Oh, is she from comics? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Uh, I I am I'm really liking this silly thing again. Just getting back into it, seeing how they've tuned some of the economy stuff. Uh, they've tweaked all the powers, which doesn't really mean a lot to me because I, I was never min maxing that much. But it's kind of frustrating to to log in to maybe want to play your Iron Man after being away for a while. And I think mine is around level thirty. So I I go to play Iron Man and I get a little message. Hey, we retuned the powers. So we've refunded all of your skill points. So, hey, you can spend them again. So here I am confronted with Iron Man's skill trees and 30 points to spend. I've been away for a month or longer. I have no idea what to do with all these points. So I'm just like, ah, screw it. I'm going to start a new character. Um, so uh, it's come a long way. I would recommend uh, folks take a look at it. At that, it, it's a lot easier to play different characters because they chart their progress through the storyline individually. It used to be you played through the storyline, and then when you started a new character, everything was unlocked, and you had no idea where to go to be level appropriate. Um, so you, you're, you know, your level 5 Wolverine would be fighting things that were way over his level, and they were totally orange, so you'd have to back up somewhere. And then everything's green, but it's too easy to kill, but you don't know if you're getting the right amount of experience. So you jump forward, and now they're yellow. Maybe you should jump back a little bit. That's too easy. Jump forward. Um, so that was a pain that's now been solved because every character's single-player progression is tracked separately. Uh, they've done some cool new things with artifacts. They have these things in there called relics which are kind of collectible artifacts that you can find multiple instances of and stack them onto each other to make them more powerful. Uh, the Eternity Splinters are really gratifying. Um, instead of just randomly dropping a character, uh, which would happen almost never, instead you frequently get a little doodad called an Eternity Splinter, and you accumulate enough of these, and you can either buy a specific hero for a higher price or you can cash in fewer of them for a random hero. Uh, right. And it, it's a much more immediately gratifying and attainable way to unlock characters, uh, I feel. Right. Uh, so, so, yeah, so I've been playing a fair bit of that. Um, Master, will you, after we play golf, can we play some Marvel Heroes? Yeah, I guess. I don't know. 
I, I'm sensing a, a marked lack of enthusiasm. <laughs> well, I mean, there's League of Legends to play. What's that? I'm not familiar. Oh, is that one oh, of those? Mob- yeah. Wait, that's what? That's a Heroes of New Earth clone, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one. That's a nice troll. <laughs> you don't even don't even go for Dota or anything. You have to go straight straight to Heroes of New Earth. <laughs> uh, so, did you follow this World Championship thing? Of course I did. I watched most of the matches. Did you really? Yeah. So I love that game. <laughs> well, I know, but uh, so here's my contention about uh, League of Legends. So I, I actually got to attend a good friend of mine uh, named Mike Cascart, who is uh, – he's been a buddy of mine forever, and he's super into League of Legends, enough so that he's going to – that he wanted to fly out to Los Angeles to watch this silly thing. Yeah, uh, so I play a good bit, too. Right, and he, yeah, I know he's part of the, the, the group at quarter to three that plays. So he flew out here, he stayed with me, and we went to see live and in person at the Staples Center where they normally host basketballing. Uh, they, they had the tournaments there. They had the world championship there, and I went to see it, and Cathcart had to explain a lot of what I was looking at, which was very helpful. Um, but I was surprised at the turnout. You know, it, I, they sold it out. Basically, however many people yeah. fit in the Staples Center is how many people physically showed up to watch this silly thing. Um, it's a real deal. It's a huge deal. Yeah, it's a huge yeah. real deal. I was surprised at that. But but what gets me, McMaster, I think, and I'm curious to hear how you respond to this. I think League of Legends is, is horrible as a spectator esport. How do you? Well, I wasn't watching it in the arena. Right, right. Like, you know, so you have to keep that in mind because I think it's great for watching on a monitor, but I'm not sure how it would be live. It just seems like it'd be kind of weird. I mean, do they have like a jumbotron with everything on it? Absolutely, they had a jumbotron. They had uh, the commentators or whatever you call mm-hmm. the nar- narrators. Yeah. What do you call it when you have sporting? The narrators would talk about what's going on. Uh, but part of the problem was it was really loud there. People, I'm sure, just, yeah. just the the volume in a stadium. Early on, people were cheering, enthusiastic. That trailed a little bit over the course of the evening because partly. I think it was a terrible matchup. Like even me, SKT kicked the hell out of. <laughs> no kidding, those poor, that poor <laughs> Chinese team. I really felt like I feel when I'm playing. Like the people on the other team are so much better than me and everybody on my team. And this, there's only one way this can go. And all I have to do is just burn the hour before it yeah. ends. They so, really rolled them. Yeah, it was it was, it was crazy. And, and I just feel that's part of what made it a terrible spectator sport. But I was told by my friend Mike Cathcart that in real sports, that's a lot of that, like a lot of Super Bowls. It's the same way. One oh, yeah. team is so much. What? Why? That that seems ridiculous to me. If you're going to have sport leagues, whatever, filtering out to get to the best teams, the matchup between the two best teams should be close and exciting and dramatic. That's not what happened here, and I was I was flummoxed to hear that that's also the case with sports sometimes with real sports. Yeah, a large portion of the time, you know, you well, not a large, maybe fifty fifty. You know, it's uh, it happens. It's terrible. What basketball you? happens in football. I would feel so ripped off if I got super invested in like a Super Bowl, and then it just ended with you know the Miami Giants completely steamrolling the Detroit Tigers or something. That would just be so disappointing. Well, it depends on if you're a fan of the Miami Giants or not. They're okay. I really feel they're running games weak. <laughs> See, there you have it. See, we're a couple of regular Joes. <laughs> so, um, okay, so McMaster, here's the why I feel it's a bad spectator sport, um, whether you're watching online or, or, or in person. Uh, 
so much of what's going on is is locked up behind an awareness of the character's abilities. Oh, that sure. when you're when you're watching uh, when you're spectating, if you haven't played those characters, and for a casual player of League of Legends, there's so many characters that you haven't played. But if you haven't played a character and you don't know what its four powers are, is it four or three or five? Um, it's actually it's four. It's four, so it's three plus the ult, right? Right. Yeah. So if plus you don't know, uh, passives and stuff like that, right, right that and the potion things or whatever those re- items. Yeah. Uh, so, but if you don't know the character, it just looks like a mass of spell effects. It's just fancy particle effects and visuals oh, yeah. and stuff. And and um and there's no sense of the strategy or the tactics going on there, or or even the skill. Like I can't appreciate any of that in all the visual noise. It doesn't express itself very well. Whereas even if a guy like me watches basketball, I can admire the athleticism, uh, the the speed, the precision. Uh, even even hockey. You know, hockey. You play hockey forever and nobody ever gets a point, but there's so much activity. Or soccer, you know, managing the ball. I can sort of appreciate what's going on there. Here, I'm just watching visual noise, uh, and and there's no scoring until the end. You know, somebody pushes, and there can be a little back and forth with the tide. But unlike a football game where the score can go up and then down, and this team's ahead, and then that team gets an offside field goal, kick point, or whatever, you know, it's going back and forth. League of Legends... It's you know it's a game where anybody only wins by getting that one point, um, and it's just full of visual noise. So for those reasons, I think it's a terrible spectator sport. Hmm. Well, you know, I mean, it, I think it comes down to they they probably need to do a better job of uh, educating uh, in a way. Um, but other than that, I, I think it it faces a lot of the same things that you know other sports do. Um, other esports or other regular sports? Regular sports, because okay. uh, you know, I mean, some games people uh, just find the rules baffling. To you, you can't really, they have a hard time following the action, or if they don't know anything about, say, the different players on either side, you know, there might not be much of a reason to watch it. So I, I think it just comes down to enthusiasm. It's certainly not something that's just people are just gonna like be flipping through and go, oh. You know, uh, because you you certainly it, it's very complex. Right. There's a lot to it, but um, you know, I don't know. I, I would say, I would say it's doing well though. <laughs> well, it's certainly like yeah, they don't need any advice from me as far as gathering a following. Uh, but I just sort of am, I'm thinking in the sense of of widening the appeal, making it sure. appealing to to more people than League of Legends players. Uh, and I, I think. Oh, no. I think that should be the goal of any any esport or regular sport. Uh-huh. By the yeah, way, yeah, no, yeah, I agree. Can you help me here? Why are we sticking an e in front of this? Why can't we just call it a sport? Oh no, you know one thing I think that kind of sets it apart from regular sports in a lot of ways too is that whereas like a football team um, is usually geographically tied to an area. Now, don't get me wrong. I mean, there are fans of that team all over, mm-hmm. but a giant concentration of the fans are going to be in that area. So, mm-hmm. it, but League of Legends is a, is a worldwide kind of thing that has, like, a, no real large concentration, you know? So, that's millions of... Oh, sorry, go ahead. You no, know, that struck me as well, McMaster, is that I, I feel that 
you need a reason to like I understand the way that the regular sports franchises work is they appeal geographically or to a college right. for instance right sure you know, yeah you, there's there's a sense of of group identity behind a team and I I actually was astonished to learn at one point in my sports naivete that the people on a team don't come from that area like you have people playing for the florida giants who aren't from florida that to me was like what's going on that's insane but the whole point is they you know the people in florida root for the florida bengal giants because the whole franchise is built around that location whether it's a town a state a college whatever there's no counterpart to that in a lot of esports and that's that's surprising to me and i think that's kind of an obstacle i should have a reason to cheer Mm -hmm. There is a slight one um, for that for League of Legends at least in that all the groups are broken down into segments of the world. Oh, we do right uh, countries. Yeah, no, you're absolutely yeah. right. Uh, but that's what I'm saying is it's so broad. Uh, right. You know, I hear all these people at the Staples Center. I was surprised they came out to see South Korea versus China. I, you know, these are Angelinos, and I guess some people flew in from out of town. Uh, oh yes. Yeah. But, you know, I didn't have anyone to root for there. I picked one team because they had a dude named Piglet. And I was like, okay, well, that's cute. I'm going to root for them. Um, but, uh, yeah, there was no reason oh, yeah, for yeah, me yeah. to care one way or the other which one of these teams won. And I, I get the feeling that that's something that real sports have really tapped into very successfully. Well, I guess one of the big problems, too, was that the two teams in the final weren't from that area. Right. Well. So, it- you know, like if Curse, which that wasn't going to happen, or uh, Cloud9, for instance, had made it, and they were the last North American team mm-hmm. in, if they had uh, made it to the finals, or even I think if Fnatic, which is a European team, I think if they had made it to the finals, you might have seen a little bit more mania. But it's just, there's such a huge barrier between League of Legends North America and EU as compared to uh, the Asiatic ones. Right. You know, it, it's like they, the language barrier is huge. So right. it, it's harder to watch their games. I mean, though you can watch them and understand them, you can't understand what anybody's saying, of course, uh, unless of course, you speak language. And, uh, it, yeah, it's, it's kind of like this weird barrier to entry. And uh, for, <laughs> for, for getting comfortable with those teams, however, uh, they're, they're fantastically interesting to watch. So I want to get back to this point, McMaster. Why do we have to call it an eSport? Why can't we just call League of Legends a sport? Um, I don't really know. I think uh, I think people don't want to mix their sissy sports with their real sports. <laughs> uh, I feel that if we're going to have players expressing their skill through a machine, you know, because that's what's going on here with League of Legends the same thing should apply to professional racing. You know, if, if you were not going to call it a sport because there's no athleticism in it, and people can say, oh, there's no athleticism in, in uh, golf or bowling, but there is, those are in a way feats of dexterity. Uh, if, if you're going to put E in front of sports where you play something on a computer, I think you should put it in front of racing as well. So I'm going to petition the White House today. I'm going to so- set up an online petition. McMaster, I want you to join me to start calling the Formula One racing event and the NASCAR trials in eSport. McMaster, are you with me on that? Yeah, I think uh, I think I'm with you on that. And it might be one of the first official acts of a reopened government. So well, you know what? Exactly, it might galvanize them to to 
you know, exactly, to, to work out a budget thing and get the government running again if I raise yeah. this important issue. Good. Yeah, I think, that's, that. I think that's good, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> uh, so, McMaster, I guess that means that your game of the week is not League of Legends. Ha ha. I, <laughs> we knocked the discussion out before For we got once. the game of the week. So you have to pick something else now. And uh, I know you haven't been playing World of Warcraft because it was your anniversary. So what could you possibly pick as your game of the week? Uh, I have been playing a lot of the excellent Pathfinder adventure card game. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, I know you guys had a discussion about it and uh, all that, so I don't want to be boring, but, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Well, let's talk about your particular party of adventures. First of all, are you playing okay. solo? Are you playing with a group? No. Uh, we know that you played Sela because you wrote that up on, on your daily right. master this week. Uh, so tell me a bit, uh, and you're, you're sort of, it's almost like a little fan fiction. So McMaster wrote a little fan fiction about beating the Black Fang dungeon. Uh, but ta- take us, like take us outside of the fiction now and describe how you're playing, with whom you're playing, all that stuff. Um, alright, we have a four person party. Uh, there's me as Sela, there's Sarah as a Mary, my friend Matt's playing Wim, my friend Ed's playing Harsk. Um, who's Sarah playing again? A Mary. Mary, who's the that? barbarian girl. Ah, right, right. I haven't used her. Right, okay. Yeah, she's a uh, really strong. Um, but uh, who is your? Let me use some League of Legends uh, terminology, assuming that I understand it correctly. In your party, McMaster, who is your carry? Oof, I would probably say Sarah is. Okay. Well, uh, may, maybe Ed though. A lot of damage to and she. Ed is, is that is that Harsk the yeah the, the ranger right yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, little... so you you've gotten uh, any casualty any deaths so far because it's permadeath you know. No, uh, a couple of times were really close, um, but no, uh, surprisingly, some of them we've uh, some of the adventures we've beaten like really quickly, and some of them are just uh, you know. The last couple of cards. Well, it's funny how it'll do that because of the way you, you know it's so unpredictable with the cards, and you're yeah. sometimes you'll you'll find you'll you'll get those henchmen out real quickly. Right. You'll close like immediately or something. <laughs> yeah, you're like oh, this is going to be easy. And and yeah. what's funny, McMaster, is when I first started playing, that would happen, and I would make a beeline to the villain, like oh well, let's hurry up and do this. But what I find now is that when I see that that's going to happen, I get to this point where I'm like, okay, let's take our time and find some yeah. loot. You know, let's not rush it. Uh, and yeah. that's, that's bitten me in the ass, though, I have to say. Oh, yeah. A couple of times it's been pretty close for us. And in fact, I think the Black Thing one might have been kind of like that as well. Um, other than that stupid pit trap. Ugh. Some of those oh, those barriers are driving me batty. Uh, oh, it's really, my God. I can, I can rack up a good combat check. You know, I can have a good fighter just kick anything's ass, but it's so frustrating. Like that's where I've every time I've lost a character, and I've lost two characters, wow. heartbreakingly deep into the game. Uh, you know, both of them are on the approach to Thistletop Delve, which is the final adventure. Uh, and both times it was to a barrier, one to explosive runes, and then one to an ambush, which shunts you onto a combat encounter where you have a, a minus one penalty. Yeah, on. minus one to each die. Yeah. yeah. So. Every time I've died has been to a freaking barrier. Yeah. Um, I actually, you know what? I think one of our guys did die, but I think it was during the first adventure, and he hadn't actually gotten anything. Or it doesn't so matter. We were, yeah. yeah, so we were just like, whatever. <laughs> you, you're fine. 
And, um, yeah, but that's... So have you worked your way past Blast Black Fang? Because, of course, Master Black Fang, is, he's basically part of the tutorial. I hate to tell you yeah, this. Yeah, I know, I know, yeah. Uh, we are... We've done three of Burnt Offering. Okay, good. We've done the first three. So we did the... I don't remember. Then we did Local Heroes, which was which is, more, one of the most interesting and bizarre. It is kind <laughs> of funny. One of the yeah. hardest ones for us to do for some reason. We almost freaking lost Local Heroes. Uh, but, well, um, and you know, there's no danger in losing. Like, it's totally okay to just say it. We're not going to finish the scenario this time. So everybody yeah. sort of bail. Uh, I, I love that in that regard, it reminds me of poker. It's constantly, you are in control of when to fold, when to, when to you know, oh, yeah. call it quits. Uh, and if you push too hard, you will be punished if, if it's not going to work out well. Yeah, no, and that's that's true, and that's the biggest thing. I think that the first time we played, I almost died mm-hmm. um, because I was using blessings constantly, and I ended up changing characters because I was playing the monk. Uh, I just kind of didn't like the monk, and um, so I switched to Sela, and I've uh, really enjoyed playing her. Um, so tell me about but, your Sela. So Sela has a lot of blessings. I forget yes. what she can do with... Can she recharge a blessing? What is her special ability? She has a couple. Uh, one of them is you can flip the top card of your deck for a, a, an extra D6, and if it's a blessing, it gets recharged instead of discarded. Um, that, that seems like it could be painful, though. Yeah, oh, it is, and it's never a freaking blessing. Because um, <laughs> she's got, it? if I'm not mistaken, six out of her 15 cards are blessings. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, the other one's my favorite. At the beginning of uh, a turn, you can flip over or look at the top card of the location deck, and if it's a uh, boon, you can put it on the bottom. Oh, right, right. So she can basically... She's just like, out ferrets out evil. Right, yeah, she's yeah. like, I'm going to come in here evil and find you. Yeah, exactly. Uh, right, yeah, she's great for that. Um Oh, you're going to so, love that, McMaster, just going forward. That's going to be huge. Uh, yeah, no, I've, God, I really want I want the, there to be like more expansion packs, like now. <laughs> I don't want to wait for like the next several months for them to come out one at a time. Well, oh. now you're, in, you're in the same boat as me, so I'm lucky enough that I've got a copy of Skinsaw Murders here, but I don't, I've <laughs> still got to get enough people through the, the, that Thistletop Delve encounter, Burnt Offerings. I've still got to get people through Burnt Offerings, so I'm sitting here looking at all these cards. I'm ready to go, but I just my characters aren't ready. I think uh, those are the two that I haven't done yet. Like, what is it, Approach to Thistletop, and then the Thistletop Delve, isn't that the last two or something like that? Yep, those are the last two, yeah. Yeah, and those are the two I haven't done yet. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to it because, God, you know, you play through those first three adventures, and your reward is like the lamest reward <laughs> History of rewards. You get McMaster, like an draw extra ra- item card. McMaster, draw a random item from the box. Oh, look, you got a potion of glibness. Oh, wee! <laughs> you know, it's like God. How lame can you be? And then, like the next, the next adventure, like the first adventure of Burn Offerings, is like you get a skill point. They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, that was a shift in gears. Um, well, I think oh, part of what's going on with those early ones, McMaster, is you're not passing them, and this was a, a this is sort of a revelation for me. You're not yeah. passing them for the reward. You're passing them to get to the later missions that do have a good reward. It's right. kind of like that early rat killing mission in the basement of the tavern when you're playing an RPG. Is you're not going to get anything from that. What you're going to get from it is unlocking the later good stuff. It's just the early right. stat work, basically. Um, you know, and after you play through the tutorial stuff, you really kind of don't even need to play it again, I would argue, in a way. But 
Well, you, you don't, but uh, again, some of that, that grind, well, I said, well, it, it is grinding. It's like you're playing to look for a good loot drop. Like you can replay those. So the rule is with your oh, yeah. character, and for folks listening who, uh, like we've talked about this a fair amount on the podcast, I've certainly written about it, but just to briefly reiterate, this is a card, this is a deck building game, and the unique twist here is that your character consists of 15 cards, uh, more one, later on once you level up, uh, and those 15 cards are persistent. You don't rebuild it every time you sit down to play. If you add a certain card to your deck, it can replace a crappy card so that next time you play, you've got that cool card in there, and you right. go through a series of adventures. Um, so, uh, oh, what I was so what you can do is you can go back and replay the early adventures to basically try to grind for better loot, for better cards, and it can right. be crapshoot. You know, you might not get anything good. As a matter of fact, the odds are you won't get anything good. Uh, but I think there can be value, just like in any action RPG, in replaying early levels. Uh, sure. Um, so let's see. So you're you're uh, you're sticking with your paladin. Tell me, do you have anything in your deck that you're really happy with? Anything that's really uh, does the paladin? Um, I have a dog slicer plus one. Ah, very good. So the dog slicer is one of these like named items. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, such an awesome name. Uh, and then there's like, wasn't there, isn't there one that's like called like a horse chopper or something? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I like, know uh, of, but that sounds uh, awesome. Well, I, I was looking uh, on Board Game Geek, and I think they had some promo shots of ah. like weapons from two or three, and I think one of them is literally the horse chopper. Yeah, I do so. not have that, but uh, it does sound, yeah. It, it sounds mean, McMaster. I'm unhappy with that. And I have a couple of those blessings that give you bonuses to spell checks and stuff. Yep. So that's nice. Um, uh, Father Xanthus, I like, or Xarthus, or whatever. No, it's, you know what? I'm not rid of that. No, I Well, some of those unique allies, like you really want to hang on to them, but they, their their usefulness is so limited. Uh, this is so pretty I, sweet. And, and there's a woman, she's like the mayor, I forget her name, but you can... Oh, yeah, yeah, you can sacrifice oh, her or something. Yeah, well, you, you banish her, you completely remove her from your deck to look through a location. Yeah. Which seems like it could be huge as far as finding, because a lot of the game becomes the management of the different locations and finding out where specific cards is, but I just can't spare a slot for her. So even though I had one of these... Hail Mary rolls where I couldn't believe I actually acquired her when we met her. I just sent her packing. I was like, sorry, ma'am. You know, I appreciate what you're trying to do for our party, but uh, I'm going to just stick with the sage that, that I already had. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I just got like a really weird one. I'm trying to remember what his. Do you know who all this Fox Club is? I've seen him. I haven't actually read the card. but uh, Yeah, it's in the box. So, McMaster, I'm going to give you a little tip. This isn't maybe a spoiler, but if you find Aldous Boxglove, grab that guy. You want him before you go into Skinsaw Murders. Oh, okay. I'm just saying. God, I really want that. <laughs> I really think it's next month, though, which is sad. Well, we'll see. I mean, they've certainly there's certainly a great demand for it, and I'm sure they're eager to make it available as soon as possible. Uh, they have a subscription plan. Where, yeah, I heard about that. That sounds yeah. awesome. It does sound awesome, and uh, it, it sounds a little insidious, too. I, I'm not sure yeah. that I want other board games to start doing this sort of thing. Uh, I'm okay with the one, but let, let's not make a habit of this, board game developers. Uh, so you're you're just basically, at this point, you're waiting for the Hook Mountain Massacre is what you want. 
That's well, as far as just being excited to see what they're doing. But as far as my party, no, I'm still playing the base set. <laughs> you know. Oh come on! I still. I, I'm telling you, my master. I had casualties. It's permadeath. Uh, I've lost uh, two uh, major characters, and had to go back. I can't help it. It's the it's the cards and the dice, McMaster. They constantly betray me. What am I going to do? That's a good point. You know. Yeah. Oh, you know what I want though. Uh, I will say it's kind of lame in a way. Is that I think they're making play mats. Oh, McMaster! Uh, good lord, you are yeah, such but a they, yeah, but I mean with the characters on them and it has all the rules and stuff on them. However, the lame part. <laughs> Is that uh, Wait, they're, they're kept, you just said the lame part? They're oh no 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 no! It's lamer than that, my friend. Um, the lame part is that if you buy one, it lets you re-roll one dice a game just for owning it. It was one of those. You ever, you ever see something like that? Oh my! You know, there's what? a couple of games out there that do stuff like that. If you buy, like, there's like a dungeon master's guide or like a character guide for regular Pathfinder. That's what it is. It's like the character, uh, the advanced character screen or something like that gives you an extra re-roll if you purchase it. I refuse to uh, recognize that rule. I'm nope. uh, House rule, that does not exist in my house. Oh, you know what? No. House rule, you get a free re-roll anyway when you play Pathfinder Adventure Card Game at my house. Free re-roll oh. for everyone. Yep, that's right. Actually, no, I can't say that because I would taint my game. I am, I am banning... That little add-on right there. Nobody's getting any free re-roll for throwing more money at, at the publisher. No free re-rolls uh, allowed. It's actually, uh, I think it's Ultra, the card, you know, the card sleeve people or whatever they call it. Ultra something, Ultra. Whoa, whoa, no, 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 no. They can't make rules in Pathfinder. They don't, they're not sanctioned to do that, are they? Well, I'm sure that they were like, here, you know, uh, we'll give you, you know, part of the money for it. So let's have some special rules. Uh, that is not cool. I do not know. I do not. I do not recognize this. I just want the. I just want the the pack of mats or whatever because I think they're nice and they give people something that's easier to look at, and mark stuff off on or whatever. <laughs> uh, you're not. So you're not writing on your cards. No, I've got a. Uh, well, I bought um, clear sleeves and just uh-huh. using the sharp, Nerd. sharp. Oh, whatever. At least I could reuse my characters. <laughs> Well, I, I could too. I just borrowed mm. sleeves from one of my nerdy friends. Oh, oh, <laughs> right, right. That's the uh, yeah. It's a slight difference. Oh, I speaking mean, of which, have you backed marrying Mister Darcy, the Pride and Prejudice card game yet? Because that seems like it's right up your alley. I don't know what you think you're getting at, but uh, no, I have not, and that's not right up my alley. What? It's, but why do you think I would like that? <laughs> I don't know. It seems like it's so full of drama and. You don't seem to like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so I thought... That's a good point. So naturally... your speed. Right. Just some little, like, uh, romantic... Uh, is that Jane Austen? Am I screwing up my uh, Austen? No, that's sisters? Jane Austen, yeah. Yeah, no, not, not my... Maybe Pride and Prejudice and Zombies would win me over, but uh, I don't do vanilla Pride and Prejudice, McMaster. Um, well, what if I am Mr. Darcy in it? I don't... Yeah, I don't uh, F Mr. Darcy. What do you think of that? Uh, oh! <laughs> my stars. I am, however, playing a a deck building game involving uh, maids, like like household servant maids, drawn like anime maids. What do you think of that? Wait, I've, I think I've heard of that game. It's called Tanto Quare. It's Italian yeah. or something. I've, other. I've been. Uh, I read about that the other day. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It's it's an actual physical card game, and there's an I, uh, iOS adaptation of it. Um, and I don't recommend it. 
Um, yeah, there's an iOS uh, iPad version of Pandemic. I do. Just recently came out. Uh, there had been a zombie reskinning of Pandemic. The same rules uh, that was released. This must have been about a year ago. That was horrible. Uh, so yeah, the official Pandemic has just come out. Uh, I mean, Master, I don't know if you know this about me. Uh, I hate Pandemic. Oh, you're you're not okay with that? Well, I just got it like 30 minutes before the podcast. Yeah, Pandemic is, and uh, actually the developer of Pathfinder, when we interviewed him, a fellow named Mike Selinker, uh, mentioned this to me. There's something known as the pandemic problem, and I didn't realize this existed, but it's why I don't like a lot of co-op gaming, is because there's no reason to not just have one person play all the characters. All you're doing is you're dividing up the duty of actually moving the pieces amongst different players. Uh, so, you know, as a as a, an iPad solo game, maybe Pandemic might have more appeal to me. Um, so hurtful. Oh. I know. Sorry, McMaster. If you and me are going to play a tabletop game, McMaster, I either need some sort of selfish incentive to develop my own character, like in Pathfinder, or a trader mechanic, like in Battlestar Galactica. Otherwise, McMaster, we're going to have to go head-to-head. Oh, man. Well, that's fine. I'll always win. Uh, well, well, we'll see how big a talker you are after we've had our golf charity drive. Thing. Actually, what am I talking about? I always lose. Well, no, that's not true. But it's hard to win Battlestar Galactica. We all lost that one. That's, that's true. Uh, but I do have three words for you to just remind you of something. Those words are of, age, and empires, with maybe a number three afterwards. Yeah, that's not a board game. Okay, okay, I didn't know. Actually, it probably is, but I didn't know we were limiting the discussion to board games. So uh, Yeah, it probably is, actually. Yeah. No, I never win at Age of Empires, but you never play me at League of Legends, so it's not really fair. Well, it's not really a game now, is it? It's more of a five-player <laughs> tournament. I don't it's know how not much of a game. <laughs> you're just moving your dude around, and you're shopping every now and then, and you press the button to use your skill. I mean... Just like Sims. Just like Sims. (laughs) McMaster, are you ready for my game of the week? I am. I will now reveal to you the name of David Cage's recent game. You got two of the words right. The word souls and the word two. Those are both in the title. However, the game is technically called, and if you just want to call it by its shorthand name, it's technically called Beyond. So Uh, it's Beyond, colon, Two Souls. And I'm uh, well, it's just a, just a titular. Is that a statement? Uh, I don't know if there are going to be more beyonds, like beyond three souls, or beyond before the souls, or, or something like that. Um, it is a game. What, Professor, what do you know about Beyond Two Souls? Like, what could you tell me um, about based on what you've heard or seen? I know, was it Ellen Page? Yep, Ellen Page. Ellen Page and Willem Dafoe in it. I yep. really like Willem Dafoe, and I don't really know much about Ellen Page, but I'm sure she's nice. Um, uh, and it looks much like all David Cage projects. Uh, intriguing, but I don't know if I have it in me right now. Can you tell me what... what? You, and I, I'm just asking because I'm curious what stuff is widely known about it. Like, what would you know about the plot if you were to have to describe it to someone? Or even the um, game? Okay, so... I don't know much about the actual gameplay, but I'm assuming from the David Cage angle that there's a lot of quick time events. <laughs> and um, 
But what I do know is that it's a girl that uh, was born with kind of a ghost or another soul or something like that. Okay. Um, that she can speak with and get to do things for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that it uh, she ends up being experimented on, and that's where Willem Dafoe comes in. Okay. And I know that it looks like it's kind of weirdly disjointed. Uh, so I think you, I've read something about how it jumps back and forth. I think. Yeah, so the, the narrative is, is a, it's a non-linear, shuffled through different timelines, which doesn't add anything to the game. As you're playing and it unlocks missions, the loading screen is basically a timeline, so you can see, oh, this happened before that mission, but after this mission, I, there's, I don't know why they do, uh, I do know why they do that, because it, uh, to just spell it out linearly, it would be even more turgid than it actually is. Um, so, do you know like what kind of things this character does? Ellen Page's character? No, like, as far I, as yeah. missions that she goes on. So the idea is, you're right that she has this link to another to a ghost. Basically, he's a he's a ghost. His name is Iden. I don't know what that has to do I don't know why he has that name I don't know why she knows his name maybe this stuff gets explained in the end I think I've got three missions out of maybe 25 to go before it's over uh, but what what happens is she gets recruited by the CIA mm-hmm. and they send her on these ridiculous Metal Gear Solid kind of missions so so a lot of the early game is uh, is the girl as a child uh, her name is Jody as a child dealing with these powers and using them against kids who are mean to her and then the CIA recruits her uh, she her family can't deal with her anymore so they say hey here's CIA take her you do experiments on her we're not interested anymore so they do experiments on her then they send her on these Metal Gear Solid kind of Call of Duty missions like she, she briefly has a, a mission uh, with some Navajo Indians to rescue them from a demon, which I don't know where that came from. Sure. Uh, so my, my favorite, though, is the moment where she realizes that the CIA is, is bad um, is she is sent on a mission to assassinate a warlord. So she does this terrible – it's like a cover-based shooter, but there's no shooting, so it's just a cover-based cover over – Cover exactly, McMaster. Uh, and she eventually, what she can do is possess, like the ghost can possess somebody and make that person shoot other people and then shoot himself. So she basically uses that gimmick to assassinate this warlord in what I believe is an unspecified African country. So she assassinates the warlord. Uh, she is traumatized by seeing the horrors of war, whatever. There's a little child soldier that's her, her sidekick buddy for a lot of the mission. It really does feel like this weird Metal Gear Solid thing. So she finishes the mission, and then the CIA picks her up on an airplane to take her out of there. And while she's on the CIA airplane, she's watching TV. And on TV, there's a news story about how, oh, look, the president of this African country was assassinated. So she flips out because she's mad that they didn't tell her that the dude she was killing was the rightfully elected president and not a warlord. Like she didn't do her homework to look up the name of the president of this country that she was being sent to. She had no idea who was in charge of this country, so she got tricked into assassinating the president. And she's really mad about that, and she's now disillusioned with the CIA, and she's going to wander the earth and go on adventures after this point. Like Kung Fu. 
Exactly, like Kung Fu. But this, since the game is almost, the story is almost over at this point, there's only time for the one adventure with the Navajo Indians. Uh, and then I, I hope the game is going to end soon enough after that. Um, is it all quick time eventy? Oh, it's so much press X to Jason. Because you, you remember from Heavy Rain, uh, that whole press X to oh, Jason. Oh, I do. It's all I... about, and especially you, McMaster, you must have <laughs> felt very confused about the grammar in that particular command. Uh, yes. But it, it's all about the little interactive bits to make your characters do mundane actions. You know, for instance, when you first hook up with this Navajo family, you're, you're wandering in the desert, and you're like, oh, I'm lost in the desert, and, and you meet this Navajo family, and they invite you in. You're sitting there, and you are pressing the, the button. You're actually moving the, the analog stick. But you're moving the analog stick to grab a, a sweet potato from the plate and to put it on your plate. And you move the analog stick to grab a slice of the turkey and you put it on your plate. And you press the analog stick. You're pouring the water from the vase into your cup. And you press the analog stick to drink a sip of water. And you move the analog stick again to, to eat a bite of the corn. And then you move the analog stick again to put your fork down. And then after you've done all this, it lets you ask questions and have a conversation, which is just pressing buttons. Um, and it, it's so – I don't understand the point of this because the writing in this thing is so just bad and disjointed and – Poor Ellen Page and Willem Dafoe. They've got nothing to work with here. And and Heavy uh, heavy Rain reminded me of this in a way, but Heavy Rain had some mystery to the story, and yeah. I liked some of that mystery. Here, I, there's no mystery. The only mystery, and I don't even know if they're going to resolve this, is why the heck does Ellen Page have a, a wall hack following her around because that's what this thing is this whole ghost thing she just presses a button and she can do a wall hack to like look through walls or interact separately with items you know the ghost can go to the other side of a wall and unlock a door that's all there is to it um so that's the only mystery is what's the point of this so when i'm sitting here having to interact with things to make ellen page take a sip of water I, I don't understand the point of this busy work if it's not to make me feel some attachment to the character. And that's not going to happen with characters this poorly written and, and rendered this creepily. Like, they don't look good, I think. I, I don't think that uh, the developers, uh, Quantic Dream, I think they're called, they, they haven't figured out how to make their characters not look creepy, not slip into the uncanny valley. And furthermore, David Cage's writing is just, it, it's so awful. I just, it's laughable. <laughs> the, the pacing and the dialogue. Uh, so I don't understand why I'm doing these mundane tasks when I feel no connection to these characters. If the writing was better, if I cared about the characters, I could see this being moderately interesting. And, and what I think of is, we've talked about this, is doing that ridiculous triathlon in Grand Theft Auto V. By the time I sat there... I did one of those the other Yeah, you press the A button just over and over for 30 minutes, and it's ridiculous, but for whatever reason, I, I kind of cared about Franklin. You know, he was a... I, I, I like Trevor enough to do things that have no gameplay return. You know, I, I like doing those silly missions to hear Trevor talking to his air controller, that Oscar guy. Even though there's going to be no payoff, I'm going to get a negligible sum of money. I finish these little plane missions. I don't really get anything for it, but I like spending time with Trevor. You know, spending yeah. time with Jody in Beyond Two Souls, there's nothing there. And, it, and, and to make her have to move the stick to eat a piece of corn, why? It doesn't work. That's 
That's the most David Cage thing I've heard in a while. It really is. And if David Cage, and I, I hate to slam a guy like this, but if David Cage were a better writer, and if he were able to achieve the kind of characterization that we get in Grand Theft Auto V or uh, The Last of Us or even Bioshock Infinite, I could tolerate what he's trying to do. But until he can reach at least approach that level of characterization, that level of making me care about the characters, this kind of gameplay or lack thereof just isn't going to cut it. Um, yeah, I... Uh yeah, and I think you hit on a point. Like, Heavy Rain at least had the mystery and stuff going for it. And there was some variety, too. Like, jumping around, yeah. between, there was the girl, and there was the father, and there was the detective, and I think they were the three main ones. You know, jumping around amongst them, I, that kind of kept things snappy. You know, there was some pace yeah. there. I liked that quite a bit, actually. I liked the detective guy a lot. Yeah, you know, even even if the writing was occasionally weak, there was some variety, and there was some, hey, what's this guy going to do next? Yeah, the detective guy wasn't all that poorly written, either. Certain parts of that game were, like, pretty good. Strange. Yeah, but, so, uh, I'm taking that to mean, McMaster, that in Beyond Two Souls, you're also level zero. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's too much going on right now. I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm thinking about canceling my PS4 pre-order. Really? What brought this on, McMaster? Well, the only game I was going to get for it was Watch Dogs. Uh, I guess there's that Killzone thing coming out. Um, and uh, Watch Dogs got pushed back today, so... No, wait, was Watch Dogs a PS4 exclusive, though? No, no, it wasn't. Okay. okay. Seemed, and, and nothing's really appealing that much to me about the PS4, to be honest with you. So what you're, what you're saying, what I'm hearing you say, McMaster, is that you're only going to be pre-ordering an Xbox One so that you can play Dead Rising 3, right? That would be correct. <laughs> that is 100% it. No, uh, actually it is. Because um, there's nothing really that just grabs me for the PlayStation, or I mean the, uh, the Xbox One's launch titles either. You know, uh, all the stuff I want to play is coming out on the 360 or PS3. So. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it, it will be an interesting November. You, you can say that that much, but uh, I'm kind of with you. Like I, I feel like the PlayStation 4 did a great, Sony did a great job capitalizing on Microsoft's missteps. But now that I look at the launch titles, I sort of feel like, oh, wait a minute, I'm forgetting a crucial element. Maybe I don't care about the launch of the Sony PS4. Well, right. I mean, you know, there's, a, like, I don't even really care about a lot of the Microsoft stuff either. But man, Dead Rising 3 looks pretty rad. Right. Yeah, exactly. And I'll probably get Black Flag on it as well. And Black Flag? What's that? That uh, Assassin's Creed. Oh, yeah, yeah. It does have that. <laughs> you know what? McMaster, I constantly go to the hardcore station on Grand Theft Auto V and is playing that Black Flag Oh, song, yeah, yeah, yeah. My War. <laughs> so that's immediately, that's so forefront in my head is when you, when you say Black Flag. Man. I just go to old school Henry Rollins. Uh, but no, Assassin's Creed Four. Uh, I don't know that you necessarily need to wait for a next-gen system, but uh, that's... No, but I figure, eh, you know. And Grand Theft Auto, I'd really like to have on a next-gen system, but that's probably not going to be until next year sometime, so... Um, and, you know, what's the other big game they got? What, Rise? Uh, I, I don't care about... <laughs> oh, my God. Is Rise supposed to be a big game? <laughs> uh, it's been getting coverage, uh, but it's one of their launch titles. It's it's like one of the day one, you know. Um, I uh, It looks kind of lame, yes. <laughs> yeah, Rise to me, I don't know that Rise seems like a launch title so much as a punchline. <laughs> 
Well, that's what, man, they've been catching a lot of hell, um, Crytek has, in the last couple of days, because they, uh, they've tweeted some stuff about having, or buying all their employees' launches during crunch time, and it's gonna be 11,000 some odd launches, and, yep. yeah, everybody's so touchy about crunch time. <laughs> you just can't, you know, just don't mention it, Crytek, alright? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just watch how it, there there are better ways to tout the accomplishments in your game than uh, how much overtime people are having to put in. Right? Yeah. Like, oh yeah, man, we're making a lot of people really unhappy to bring you this middling pile of crap. Well, my issue with Rise is more that based on what they're showing and based on Crytek's history as a developer, uh, I have no desire to play it. I I don't trust them to make a cool epic scale battle game about. Roman warfare that I care to play, uh, and they certainly haven't changed my mind with the the preview coverage that they've been passing around. Yeah, and you know, no real, yeah, nothing personal there, Crytek. I just don't really care about the Roman era of war. Is that a 360 exclusive, McMaster? That I think is a okay. Uh, is a yeah. It's certainly featured prominently at E3 in their Xbox One announcements. Yeah, um, and most of the other stuff like what Killer Instinct. I do not need Killer Instinct when I have uh, Injustice Gods Among Us. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Killer Instinct is one of my least favorite uh, of the big fighters. But Titanfall, that one, people. Is that launch, though, or is that... No, that's a launch window. Oh, it is a launch window. Yeah, so that'll be out before March... Uh, McMaster, I need you to uh, I need you to keep me posted on what games are coming out launch. So can you be in charge of that, of so that I don't say stupid things like Titanfall is launch window. I need you to be like my sort of my personal assistant, like when a politician is moving <clears> through a room and and he has the assistant who whispers into his ear the name of the people that he that he's greeting. I need yeah. you to sort of hang out with me and let me know when games are coming out. So can you do that? Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm all over that. Okay. So what I meant to say is, yeah, Titanfall. Launch window oh, game. Looking forward absolutely. to it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know, keep in mind, Peggle Two is a launch window game as well, folks. Is that an actual thing, or are you pulling my leg? No, that's a real thing. Peggle Two. Peggle Two is a real thing. Yeah, I've, uh, Jeff's been talking about it on Facebook a little bit here and there. I'm actually surprised that Peggle Two doesn't already exist. Well, I mean, Peggle Knights and Peggle whatever, but yeah, no, Peggle Two. Okay. Uh, what platform? Is that a 360 exclusive? I don't think so. Uh, speaking of uh, non-exclusive titles, uh, how is Sarah's high score on the new Star Wars pinball for uh, Pinball FX? Do I, I have time to slip in and sort of grab a high you score? Have time. You, have, okay. you have time. I haven't told her. Uh, I want you to steer your wife away from the Star Wars pinball table for as many days as you can afford. I need time to work on a high score and to enjoy it before she gets in there. So just don't you know, get her playing uh, her character. Distract her with some Pathfinder, McMaster. Yeah, you know, it would be real distracting is if you sent me your copy of the Skin Slop. <laughs> <laughs> that would distract her away from it for quite some time. You guys can both come over and we can play. Uh. As a matter of fact, you can't even play until you get... Talk to me, McMaster, when you've gotten past Thistletop Delve, okay? All right, that'll be like the next couple of days. <sighs> sure it will, McMaster, sure it will. Don't get killed. Be careful up there. I'm not, I'm not, dude. 
Uh, all right, so thanks for listening to this week's Quarter to Three Games podcast. Uh, we are wrapping up, of course, Starship Week. I hope you've been enjoying that. Uh, please follow us on, on Twitter at, at QT3. Uh, like us on Facebook. We uh, are there. Uh, and we certainly appreciate your donations. And when you do your Christmas shopping, please keep us in mind. We have an Amazon search box. We love it when you use that. So I am Tom Chick, and I've been joined by J. Jason McMaster. Uh, McMaster, I don't know. You might be a little too mature for what we're doing next week. But for folks listening, mm-hmm. if you like kitty games like, say, Pokemon or Skylanders or under Lego City Undercover... Uh, we are going to be talking about that stuff next week. Um, so bring the kids. We won't cuss. We'll be family friendly. Uh, but it's also for adults next week as well. So uh, join us for that. Uh, and until then, we hope everyone has a good week. straight from you Never knew where you had run your only son The child you never knew I could have been so wrong And the only thing I'm sure I wish I never cared If you did you wouldn't try to be there I wanna tell you this the only left The gaps won't Those cracks appear In these walls And the roof again Stumble down I can't believe I guessed that that was that was what that was. McMaster, you get a cookie and a gold star. <laughs>